0: Day on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag.
1: If his thoughts were like our thoughts, no, they're so much higher, infinitely higher, unknowable, unsearchable, invisible. And then forth, and this should seal the deal, for lack of a better way of saying it, he's the only God. There is no other. And to him alone is all of the honor and all of the glory forever and ever and ever.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor JD Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor JD is currently teaching through the book of First Timothy. God is the ultimate source of all the strength you'll ever need to live out your life according to his will. As you'll get to see today with Pastor JD, there's no other God besides God in heaven. And there's no stronger being. If you commit to him fully, he promises to provide your needs and make you bold in declaring him to the world. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 1 Timothy chapter 1 with today's edition of in spirit and truth.
1: We're going through First Timothy, verse by verse, and today our text will be chapter one, verses seventeen through twenty. We're glad that you're joining with us online. The Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is writing to Timothy, a young pastor, and says, verse 17: Now to the King Eternal, immortal, Invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Man, he could just end right there. But he doesn't. Verse 18. <laughs> Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that... By recalling them, you may fight the battle well, holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. Among them are Hymenius and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. Wow. (laughs) So I want to talk with you today about how it is and even why it is that we can trust the Lord to get us through this crisis that we find ourselves facing today. Here in the text before us, the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy how to, in effect, get through the difficulty and the crisis that he faced while there in Ephesus. As we talked about last week, he didn't want to. He wanted to leave. Paul commanded him to stay and deal with these people that were there. And Timothy didn't want to. We know this to be true about him as we're going to see as we get further into this first letter to him that he was sort of shy, timid. And uh, that's why Paul says God's not given you a spirit of timidity or fear but of power and of love and of a disciplined mind. Some translations render it sound mind, I think it's better understood as a disciplined mind, where you discipline your mind the way you would discipline your children. You're very careful about what you allow into your thought life, because that's where the battleground is. And by the way, speaking of battleground, would you agree that the world in which we are living is not a playground, but a battleground, right? And so here Timothy is in the midst of this battle, the heat of the battle, the midst of this crisis. And Paul is commanding him, exhorting him, encouraging him, telling him that this is how you're going to get through this crisis. This is how you're going to get through this battle, this difficulty. And he does so with the authority of a commanding officer, while at the same time with the affection and kindness of, of a loving father. I can't get over that about Paul. I don't know what your image is or your impression is or your picture is of the Apostle Paul. Certainly it would stand a reason that you would see him as this really intimidating guy, right? He walks into the room and everybody straightens up. Paul's here. Right? But yet there's this other side to him, and as we've gotten to know him through our study of the New Testament epistles it's becoming abundantly clear that he was a very loving man, very gracious man, very kind man, such a loving heart. What I'm hoping to accomplish in our time together today is to encourage you concerning the battle (laughs) we seem to be in now with everything that's happening. I want to take it a step further and in addition to encouraging you, I want to promise you on the authority of God's word and God's love that no matter how bad it is for you or is going to get, God will get you through. He can't not. I know that's not proper English. Don't email me. <laughs> God will see you through no matter how bad it is or no matter how bad it gets. I promise you that on the authority of who God is and how good God is. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It only matters that God is always good. And that's what I want to talk about today. And I hope that you'll be Encouraged. I know that many of you are really dealing with some very serious difficulties, financial difficulties, certainly. Man, if, if I'm reading the same reports and statistics and numbers that you are, it's hard to wrap your mind around the unemployment figure here in the United States. And I know here in Hawaii, an economy dependent on tourism, which does not exist, And I'm watching all of this play out and I'm seeing these businesses shuttered, never to be opened again. The economy destroyed. I know we've talked about this in our prophecy updates. It's all planned, pre-planned. It's an orchestrated, choreographed uh, destruction of the world's economy, not just here in America, but globally, to usher in the great reset and a cashless System, the Antichrist system. And this has to happen in order for that to come about. By the way, first service, if you weren't here or didn't watch it online, I'd encourage you to do so. We talked about the pre-tribulation rapture, seven proofs from Scripture that the rapture absolutely has to happen before the seven-year tribulation. What follows are three what I'll call vital truths in the sense of vital organs. You know, you can break your arm and, you know, get it in a cast and you can be okay, but if a vital organ (laughs) uh, breaks down, it's game over, right? These are vital truths, like vital organs. These are vital. That together can be the deciding factor determining how well, We will fare in the heat of the battle and in the midst of the crisis that we're in. The first one is in verse 17. And while I realize this might sound like a firm grasp of the obvious, it's that of knowing who God is. I love this here in verse 17 because it's like Paul is breaking forth in praise. He's just got done talking about how he's the worst of the worst, the chief of sinners. He was a blasphemer, had Christians murdered, thought he was helping out God, and yet God was so gracious to him, so merciful to him. And then he's like, in verse 17, burst forth in praise to God for who God is, and how good God always is, no matter what. And notice he says first, he is king eternal. Now, if you're anything like me, I suspect that you are. You're prone to kind of read through it real fast. But let's not do that. Let's sort of examine this, take a a closer look at this. He says first, he is king eternal. You know what that means? He rules as king, eternal. He rules over all and overrules all. And that should change everything. That should change the whole complexion of that crisis and that difficulty and that trial that you're in, knowing that he's king, eternal, and nothing can slip by him unless he approves it. He rules over all. And he overrules all, like we were just talking about before we went live. Sorry, you're not, you weren't a part of this online church, but he makes even the wrath of man to praise him. What is meant for evil, God, as only he can, brings about good for the salvation of many this day. He works all things together for the good and he can take bad and he can make good. Because that's who he is. He's king eternal. He overrules, overrides all. And he rules over all. Nothing can get past him. He has to first say, okay. Wait a minute, you're saying God said okay to this? Yeah. We talked about this last week. God will allow what's happening in the world today because he can bring good from it and receives all of the glory because of it. Do you know how many people have come to Christ? This church we are just talking about in California, church of about 1500. Uh, I can't wait. I'm told that we're probably 10 to 15,000 people that went. That's what I'm talking about, right? The wrath of man to, you know, it backfires and think about it in California I pray it doesn't happen here it probably will like we've talked about but think about this people driving from all over people flew in from other parts of the United States to go to that church I mean and and think about this it was probably one of the only churches in California that was actually open to go to how's that one He rules over all, and he overrules all. So here comes this court decision. Cease and desist. Oh, really? Did you, uh, the King Eternal might not have the final word on that. (laughs) Oh, cease and desist. Revelation 3, the letter to the Church of Philadelphia. Very interesting. I, I never saw it before in the context of what we're going through right now. But Jesus has John write to the Church of Philadelphia, and he says basically this. If I open a door, no man's going to shut it. And if I shut a door, no man's going to open it. I was just thinking, wow. So man shut the door to the church, and God's saying, excuse me? No, I overrule that. Open that door. If I open it, no man's going to shut it. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) call me silly. I've been called a lot worse. (laughs) But God will always have the final word. He rules over all and overrules all. He is King eternal. Boy, that's just settled right there, but there's more. It gets better. Sorry if this sounds like an infomercial, but wait. <laughs> the second thing Paul says He's immortal. Okay, wait, so He's King eternal and He's immortal? What does that mean? <laughs> it means that he existed before time, creator of time, living outside of time. Think about that. Let that sink in. He created time. He's the Alpha and the Omega. I'm having trouble with this. Bear with me. The beginning and the end. He's infinite. He's eternal he's immortal and what was your problem again I'm sorry I don't mean to be snarky it's a gift (laughs) but no here we are we're freaking out we're you know worried and fretting and fearful and stressing and, and it's like God's going hello I'm king eternal I'm immortal and it gets even better Third, he's invisible. Well, that's interesting. What does that mean, and why is that important? Because his ways are not knowable, unsearchable. As Isaiah says, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts, not our... (laughs) Could you imagine if God were to think the way we think, what do you think about that? <laughs> he wouldn't be God, right? If his thoughts were like our thoughts, no, well, they're so much higher. Infinitely higher. Unknowable, unsearchable, invisible. And then fourth, and this should seal the deal, for lack of a better way of saying it, he's the only God. There is no other. And to him alone is all of the honor, and all of the glory forever and ever and ever, period. You kind of get the impression that Paul is saying to Timothy, um, Timothy, my son, (laughs) I love you so much. Do you realize who God is? This really brings up the question of Why is it important to know this and or be reminded of this, especially when you're in the middle of a crisis or a trial? And the answer to the question is that knowing and understanding who and how God is anchors us in the truth of his goodness. And I'm choosing to say it that way for a reason. Stay with me. See, if I'm, you forgive the expression, wishy-washy, back and forth, tossed about, like James says, to and fro with every wind of doctrine, or like a a ship at sea, and every wave that comes, I mean, I'm going back and forth, I'm getting so seasick, you know, because I'm not steady. I'm back and forth. I'm unstable. I'm unsure. I'm uncertain. Oh, We're going to talk about this in a moment, but the enemy's got you right where he wants you. See, if I don't truly believe that God is always only good, then I'll be deceived thinking he's angry with me and now against me. And is that not the lie from the father of lies? Oh, come on. You know how it goes you've seen this movie right you uh, mess up you fall you fail you falter you sin and there's the enemy right there right popping the popcorn you know sit down just you know he plays it live streams it for you and he's just because it goes over and over and over it again why because he wants to keep you from the Lord and the forgiveness of the Lord. Because that was already paid for. But he doesn't want you to know that or come to that. So he wants to build this infrastructure of guilt and condemnation. And he'll say things to you. I'm sure you've heard it. You've heard these words, maybe in a different way, but it'll sound something like this. Wow. I'd lay low for a while if I were you. You know, I, I... You did that again? I don't think God's too happy. And you even promised. You even made a vow. I'll never do that again. (laughs) Stop doing that, by the way. And he's right there to remind you and just rub your nose in it. You know, God's pretty much had it with you. And I wouldn't pray. I wouldn't even go to church. I mean, my goodness, if you went to church and the people you were sitting next to knew, don't look at the person sitting next to you. (laughs) What you did. (laughs) Right? Some of you are crawling underneath the chairs. Get back up. (laughs) Romans chapter 8. Let me read verses 31 and 32. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? See, the enemy wants us to think that God's now against us, mad at us, and that situation that you're in, it's like God's giving you the silent treatment. <laughs> in verse 32, he expounds on why it is that if God is for us, and he is, that no one or nothing can possibly be against us, specifically God. He's not against us. He's for us. Here's why. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Did you hear that? You hear what he's saying here? Check it out. It's like this. You think I'm against you? After all I've done for you? Even loving you so much that I would send my only begotten son to die for you? So that you can have eternal life? And, I mean, let me me see if I got this straight. I'm, I'm just playing it out. Bear with me. So, I did all that for you. My son, my only begotten son, died for you. And you don't think I'm for you? And by the way, if I would do that for you, is there anything I wouldn't do for you? What was your problem again? Yeah, but this is really bad. Stop looking at that trial in your life, because the more you look at It the bigger it gets. Look to Him. And I promise you again on the authority of God's Word and God's love that your eyes are on Him as Isaiah says, He will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. You're looking at that crisis, that situation, that difficulty, that trial, that hardship through the lens of your God this is why it is, I believe, that Jesus, not harshly, never imagined the Savior having a harsh tone with the disciples. The Pharisees and Sadducees, yes. Not the disciples. When he would say to them, Why did do you doubt? Ye of little faith. It's not, Oh, ye of little faith. No, never imagined him saying it like that.
0: It's easy to read the book of 1 Timothy and think it only applies to pastors. But the Word of God is always inclusive. This means you can glean something from every page, no matter who you are. So don't let your social status, job, age, or how long you've been a Christian hinder you from diving into the Bible. It's full of wisdom that you can apply to your life. As you listen to Pastor J.D.'s message today, we pray your faith was impacted in a powerful way. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear others like it, just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. There you'll find an archive of teachings as well as other helpful tools in your walk with the Lord. We always love to hear from our listeners, too. If you have a specific prayer request or any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find it under the About tab. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to connect and have you join us for our worship services. Always feel free to bring your friends and family along too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor JD. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. You can find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website, or find us on our media platforms to stay up to date with all things concerning Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study here today. We hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.